Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trusted Communications, a podcast brought to you by the experts at Ribbon Communications. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the show today. Today, we're taking a look at Microsoft Teams and Zoom, how they've evolved, some of the major trends that have occurred over the past 18 months or so, and where things are moving in the future. And luckily, I have two expert guests here joining me today. First, we have Jamie Druger. He's a sales director for the North Central Region at Ribbon Communication. Jamie, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Absolutely. And we're also joined today by Greg Nelson, Sales Director for the Mid-Atlantic Southeast Region at Ribbon Communication. Greg, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Jamie, let's kick things off with you. How have the roles of solutions like Microsoft Teams and Zoom evolved over the past year and a half? And are they officially must-haves for organizations in the modern business landscape? Yeah, and, and, you know, please, I'm looking at this from a sales perspective. I deal with a lot of customers that are, you know, working with Teams and Zooms, and those are the primary platforms every day. Um, I mean, in the aftermath of the pandemic, Teams and Zooms have become absolute must-haves within business. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, most large companies, you know, as well as, you know, our society have went into virtual office mode over the past year and a half since the pandemic hit. Um, and the only way for companies to keep operations running was to start implementing multi-collaboration platforms such as Teams and Zoom. Um, and that's the only way they could keep their business communications going. Um, you know, although things are starting to open up or starting to see some, some daylight, hopefully, um, you know, there's still a big push within companies to have the infrastructure set in place to support, um, you know, what's known as a hybrid workplace going forward. Um, you need to have the flexibility to have workers at home or in an office or even a mix of the two. Um, you know, I work with one university up here in the Midwest. And, you know, although they're opening up for classes next year, um, they are officially going to a hybrid type of work model for their entire staff. And they're even closing down two buildings on campus as part of their efforts. So, um, you know, for, for universities, it's sort of a mixed bag. Um, for the Fortune 500, I mean, it's just an essential need to have better collaboration tools for a mixed workplace um, and have um, flexibility in where and even when you're going to be able to, to work. Um, you know, unfortunately for all of us, you know, who knows if there's going to be another repeat of what's happened over the last year and a half. Um, you know, very smart people like Bill Gates have devoted, you know, all their time and energy um, into trying to, to counter these types of things. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, the world is reactive instead of proactive. You know, it's probably an economic issue with trying to do things in advance. Um, but, you know, with, with Teams and Zoom, we're going to be better positioned uh, in the future. Um, and when something, you know, and it probably something will happen in the future, um, you know, and going to this hybrid type of work model. Yeah, so um, I agree with Jamie wholeheartedly. And one of the things I, I noticed uh, in the industry and customers prior to the pandemic was there was some adoption, a lot of adoption of Zoom and Teams. Uh, and when the pandemic came along, it accelerated and intensified the requirements for it. And it sent people into a frenzy, customers into a frenzy is what do we do? How do we do it? How do we protect ourselves? How do I know what's going on in my network? And how do I get the capacity to deliver these services to everyone in my corporation so that we can function and continue with the business through this uh, arena, through the situation. So with that, I think it just accelerated things. People are moving forward and, and it's becoming uh, like we hear this word, the new normal, right? 
Um, and we're getting folks that want to stay at home, others who can stay at home, others who need to be out in the field. And that's yet to be determined, but we have mobile devices now uh, that can do Teams, that can do Zoom on your iPhones or your iPads as you move forward and have that mobility out in the field. So we're seeing that diversity as well as the adoption and just the change uh, and culturally the acceptance of it. You know, people used to go, oh, I don't want to get on a Zoom session or, or a team session. Now it's, I got Zoom, I got Teams, we're going to do it. We're here, I'm in the field or we're out here at corporate at home, we're going to do it. So I think it really changed things culturally as well. So that's my input there. I appreciate it, Tyler. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Greg, that's a, that's a fantastic point. You know, and it, it always just strikes me when I think 18 months ago, you know, Teams and Zoom were the, the names of the platform, but now they've also become verbs, right? Like, oh, we'll just Zoom. And that, that's it's, it's a verb, you know, almost that everyone gets, everyone understands like, if you say, okay, we'll just like Teams, Xerox. we'll just Zoom. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, we're, so, verbing. we're verbing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's verbing now uh, with Teams yeah. and Zoom. Uh, but uh, I think that's an excellent point. And now that the pan pandemic has receded to a certain extent, uh, given vaccinations and things along those lines, Greg, um, it's time to kind of build on the basic capabilities that, that these platforms provide, right? So what benefits can organizations reap by moving to cloud voice within these solutions? Well, um, it also depends on the, the type of enterprise you're dealing with. Some are federally regulated, so they have security issues and mandates that they have to follow. So they may not go completely cloud. They may go private cloud with some cloud that's external because of security reasons, hackers, uh, you know, getting analytics, understanding what the company's doing. There are others that will go to cloud completely and it, it moves the CapEx discussion to an OpEx discussion and making things easier and taking the load off of some of these enterprises to focus on their core business than having to focus on uh, unified communi communications or collaborations across the board. So I think a lot of that, again, is that cultural shift and change. But it also, like I said, depends on the vertical that they're in and if there's regulatory issues or non-regulatory issues. Utilities have that, financials have that, healthcare has some of that as well. So you have to watch and see how that works. So it's not always all cloud and it's not always private cloud. It could be a combination of both, which we call hybrid. Yeah, and I'll just chime in a little. I mean, for businesses, you know, moving to the cloud gives them some immediate benefits. I mean, you can scale to new locations very quickly. Um, you know, you don't have to take care of all that on-premise equipment. You're sort of offloading that onto third-party, you know, entities. And, you know, there's secure, as Greg said, there's security and risks with that. But, you know, it's the next step in evolution for your network. And it just allows you to be able to adapt and change, you know, as your business grows and scales and as you have people moving locations, you know, being in the cloud makes it all that faster. Correct. That's, a, that's an excellent point. And uh, Jamie, I wanted to follow up uh, just from your perspective. What challenges do enterprises face in making that transition to cloud voice within Zoom and Teams? Yeah, not, I mean, the, the initial drivers and, you know, and this goes back to, you know, just moving into the cloud in general is, um, you know, it, it, is it better, faster and cheaper? You know, mm -hmm. you, you know, your RP companies are looking at their their, you know, ROI and their you know, total cost of ownership and making decisions on that. But we've sort of gotten past that with what's happened in the last year and a half where there's so much adoption 
or Teams and Zoom and cloud applications that you're starting to see sort of how that can transform your business um, into, you know, better collaboration tools. Um, you know, there's a you know, there's an, an obvious decision on whether you want to keep some on-premise equipment or move to, you know, total cloud or have a mix, as Greg said. Um, you know, with that, you know, you've got to change in your IT groups and how you've, you're managing your IT resources. You know, if you don't have a lot of on-prem equipment and you're moving things to the cloud, you can shift and adjust your IT resources. Um, you know, you have to get trained on, on new cloud technologies. Um, there's obvious security concerns. And then, um, you know, it's important to understand how cloud systems are going to integrate with existing systems that can never be migrated. Um, and I think that's a challenge for a lot of, you know, manufacturing companies and large businesses that have, you know, elevator type of phones that are never going to change. Um, and then, you know, all of this drives around, you know, bandwidth. And, you know, if you don't have your network set up properly to be able to handle, you know, large bandwidth needs, you know, that's going to impact, you know, your ability to be able to use cloud services. Yeah, one key point on the cloud services, too, is uh, survivability. This now becomes a core function of your company to do business. And if you don't have the survivability, the uh, uh, you know protections that you need to keep this service running, you need to really think hard and understand how you can do that with the cloud environment. And the cloud environment can provide that, uh, as well as a hybrid or even a private uh, cloud uh, can be supported as well. But those are questions you need to ask. Excellent points. Uh, thank you uh, so much to both of you for, for providing those answers. I think that, that, was, that, that gave everyone a lot to think about. So, Greg, from your perspective, how can enterprises ensure a smooth transition of legacy assets? Well, what kinds of things do they need to think through in order to make that happen? Well, that's a good question. Very good question. Uh, enterprises span the gamut from being completely TDM, legacy equipment from the late 90s and the early 2000s, Many of them transitioning to VoIP and IP-based services. Some, not all there, some there today. But we need, you need to, as an IT person, assess what truly is your legacy uh, services that are out there. Are they analog services? Are you in a manufacturing plant where all you have is copper wire going in? We're talking now physical assets, those kind of things. Then you got to look at your uh, dial plan. Are you a global company? Do you need a single dial plan? Do you need advanced routing functions? And those are the kind of things that you need to really sit down with the experts in the industry and understand and help them guide you in the direction that you need to go. We do that and many others do that as well. But those are questions that we've been at for the last you know, 20 years, you know, going at it. So um, with that, you really need to have, do a clear assessment of your current environment, where you want to go, and then ultimately how fast you want to go. So that then determines you know, how you're going to migrate and is there a rip and replace in some areas that you got to make some changes? And then you got to also look at your network, not just the cloud itself, but then the network and access to the branch offices, remote offices, retail offices, those kind of things. So there's, uh, there's a lot to think about, but once you get that in, in uh, a complete view, you can make a very good intelligent decision on how to proceed. Sure. And then, you know, just as a, you know, I'm a salesperson, so is Greg, you know, just as a plug for Ribbon, I mean, this really plays to our company's strengths. 
with supporting different types of technologies. Um, you know, we're certified with Microsoft for years on um, Zoom recently. Um, you know, we offer survivable gateways. Um, you know, emergency calls can still be made in, in, you know, in times of outage. And, you know, we're, we're very good as a company in supporting those smooth migrations and supporting a lot of, you know, legacy types of networks out there. You know, we're, we're probably be we're better than that than any other vendor out there. Yeah, we do have a uh, lengthy pedigree in this business, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you guys you guys have experience you guys have a lot of know-how that is absolutely for sure so uh jamie security is another key concern that, that we need to discuss here on the podcast today how can enterprises ensure that their voice network remains protected in the face of growing risk these days yeah um i mean security is probably the greatest you know concern and risk within any network right now um you know irregardless of whether it's voice or data um, you know, the number of hacking incidents, and we've all seen them on the news, as you know, has risen to new heights. You know, even the federal government has gotten involved in some of these um, in trying to track down Bitcoin payments. Um, you know, it's affected Fortune 500s, healthcare, um, you know, universities, health healthcare systems. You know, personal story, my, my brother is a doctor. He has a, he's a membership in a surgery center, and they got hit by ransomware. And guess wow. what? They paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in Bitcoin, and it's gone. They had to pay it. They had patient records that were being held up. Um, you know, I got another guy. He's you know friends with me at the dog park, and he was basically out of work for two weeks. He works for CNA Insurance. You know, it was headline news, and they were out of. He was out of work for two straight weeks with absolutely no communications other than his you know being able to call people on his cell phone. So, you know, it's crazy. It's, it's a big risk nowadays. Um, you know, and the, the basic functionality of a session border controller, which is, you know, one of the products we, we provide, um, is, is as a voice firewall. Um, you know, it's an absolute necessity when you have direct routing, um, you know, using your Microsoft Teams and Zoom, um, which is connecting you to the, your, you know, your PS public switch telephone network. Um, you know, there's PBX fraud. You know, hacking that's that's occurred and there's documented cases of this where, you know, hackers will come in and hijack your PBX and start making international calls. And then, you know, as a company, you get stuck with the bill, um, you know, and it, it's crazy. Um, now, Ribbon has a very strong solution for this. Um, you know, we we have a, a platform called Analytics, um, you know, it was previously termed Ribbon Protect. Um, and, you know, this is a, something that helps you analyze and monitor your, tra your voice traffic. Um, you know, we've got a customer here out in the suburbs, food manufacturing company, um, who, you know, bought our, you know, they're an SBC customer, session border control customer, and they, you know, implemented our analytics solution and they immediately paid for everything, the entire system, by identifying about $200,000 of fraudulent calls that were be made, being made down to South America. So, you know, security is probably the biggest issue nowadays. You know, there's a lot of money that's being lost um, to, to hackers and, you know, fraudulent calling plans. And it's, um, you know, just a really big concern within any customer's network. Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, and it's especially true now that we're moving to IP. You got everybody in the world that tries to tap into your IP network, whether it's voice, it doesn't matter what service is running. They go through the voice network and ta uh, tag into your data network and then start getting to databases. So it is a truly uh, 
you know, risk area that needs to be assessed and firewalled. And like uh, Jamie mentioned, you need to have the right session border controllers, the right equipment uh, in the cloud or on-prem to block those malicious users from coming in. Jamie Druger, Greg Nelson, gentlemen, thank you so much for, for joining the podcast here today and uh, sharing your insights and your expertise here on these topics. It's been, uh, it's been a blast getting a chance to learn from you guys and to hear your, uh, your, your insights on these topics. And so, uh, Greg and Jamie, thank you again so much for joining us here today. Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys were very in sync there, and I appreciated it. Uh, and everyone out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Trusted Communications. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate it very much. Of course, thank you again to my fantastic guests and everyone out there for, uh, for joining us for this episode. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the show. But until then, you can go to Ribbon's website to learn more about Ribbon Communications and the services they provide. And of course, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to stay up to date with everything going on from Ribbon, and we'll be back soon with more episodes of the show. But for this one, for my guests, Jamie and Greg, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.